Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, everyone's still reveling in what people power can achieve. That's when it comes to the Super League. But there's plenty more making news in the AFL today as well. If you missed the latest on Paddy Dangerfield and Jared Waitley's suggestion for how Collingwood should find their next president. Uh, very good evening and welcome to Time On. Of course, Time On, your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. If you've been working uh, all through the day, you've been listening to SEN, you're thinking, geez, I really need to put my two bobs worth in about that particular story. Then now is your opportunity. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or 0433981116 on the temper text. Temper uh, is a mattress like no other. Uh, Sam Edmund, of course, the... Uh, the chief sports reporter for SEN. Uh, spoke to Dwayne Russell today and uh, just let us know where things are at in terms of the next batch of fixturing. Yes, tomorrow, Dwayne, we'll get an answer. Now, you use the term extended there. I'm not sure how far extended it's going right. to be. Last time we only got round seven to eight when they released it a fortnight ago, the AFL. Hopefully we get a bit more than that, given that, knock on wood, we're going pretty well in the COVID space at the moment. So the buyers are slated, obviously, for rounds 12, 13 and, and 14. Perhaps we get up to round 12. Maybe we get something in the buyers as well. But hopefully by tomorrow, uh, we've got some uh, some light at the end of the tunnel or at least some concrete uh, fixturing for people to go about planning how they're going to go and watch some footy games. SEN's Chief Sports Reporter Sam Edmund with Dwayne Russell today. He also gave the latest on Paddy Dangerfield's injury. Superstar Patrick Dangerfield, well, he embarked on an impromptu flight to Sydney yesterday in a desperate bid to avoid surgery on this ankle injury that he, the coach, and the club thought initially and hoped was just a minor tweak. It's actually a serious syndesmosis injury. He jetted north on Tuesday to meet with a second specialist after he suffered the tear late in the third quarter, as you mentioned, of Sunday's win over North Melbourne. So the Cats medical team, as we speak here right now this morning, Jared, are wrestling with whether to send the Brownlow medalist in for surgery, which I've been told would sideline him, worst case scenario, for up to two months, could be less, could be more, or they forge ahead. So the initial consultation with specialists was encouraging. It, it fit the narrative of what the club had said post-match and what the player had said himself. But it was the scans later that showed damage to the syndesmosis joint and the probability of surgery. And it was hoped that this day trip to Sydney would provide a far more positive diagnosis. But I can tell you that Dangerfield and the Cats were given a very similar verdict. So they've got a big decision to make this morning, Jared. Yeah, that is a fair head scratcher and we'll just eagerly anticipate what Geelong decide to do with that. There's been a lot of talk about how Geelong have been playing this year in terms of the slow ball movement. Uh, some have even called it quite boring. Uh, it's been very methodical and workmanlike and they ground out the win uh, against North Melbourne and that's sort of how they've got 
the wins that they have gotten this year. And the, the commentary has been around the fact that, oh, but once they get Dangerfield back and, and Jeremy Cameron, they'll probably straighten up. He'll give them a bit more pace through the middle and we'll probably see them start to move the ball a little bit faster. So we're expecting Jeremy Cameron to be in the side this week. Um, but obviously, Paddy Dangerfield won't be. Uh, and now it's just a matter of, well, will that change the way or any plans that Geelong may have had to go about things a little differently in the way that they move the ball? It's going to be fascinating to see how it pans out. Of course, they're all in. All chips were in from a Geelong point of view, getting Isaac Smith, Sean Higgins and Jeremy Cameron. And uh, a major piece of any success is going to be Paddy Dangerfield. So if he's going to miss uh, bulk parts of the season, that's going to hurt in a big, big way because he provides something that... Geelong seem to lack, and that's dynamic. That's like, it gives them just burst. He gives them it's X factor is probably not the right word, but he certainly gives them an energy and a spark and just a different dimension to the way they go about it. One three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Collingwood have been in the news as uh, for a while now, but. Uh, Who's going to be their next president is a, is a question that's been looming large. Um, Gary and Tim uh, had Peter Moore, former Collingwood great, on today, uh, and he wholeheartedly endorsed former Channel 9 boss Jeff Brown. Well, these clubs all require a couple of things. They need a, a prominent leader who, who is well-respected in the community and the industry, and Jeff has got an enormous history as a lawyer for the AFL. Um, he was the guy that put the AFL commission together, did all the legal work for that. He wrote the AFL rules. So he's a clear, you know, standout uh, in terms of his experience and ability. So Peter Moore also went on to speak about uh, the Collingwood board. Now we're faced with a situation where the board can't agree which one of them wants to be chairman. I mean, it's it's it can't have a power vacuum like that, and it clearly demonstrates that they're divided. And um, I know Jeff Brown well. I know that lots and lots of Collingwood, influential Collingwood people and AFL people have been calling Jeff, asking him if he's interested to go on the board. But the only call he hasn't received is one from Collingwood, from the board, to uh, to uh, speak to him about his interest. And I just find that uh, incredible that, that that hasn't happened. You know, if you've got one of the best qualified people in the business uh, expressing some interest to get involved and, and nobody's talked to him. It's all about the club, what is right for the club and what's best for the club. It's not what's best for the individual or somebody wants thinks it's their turn to be president. It's about what's best for the footy club. So that was former Collingwood great Peter Moore speaking to Gary and Tim today, sen.com.au. Gerard uh, Waitley today, speaking on Waitley, of course, uh, off the back of what fan power and people power was able to achieve in getting all six Premier League clubs that were set to join the Super League to quickly backpedal at a rate I don't think we've ever seen before. I mean, that is this is the biggest about face, the biggest U-turn. This is the biggest turn tail and run I've ever seen, I think, in my 40 years on this earth. I have never seen something that was so brazen and gung-ho and then in the blink of an eye was just terrified and timid and afraid the next. I mean, uh, this is extraordinary. Uh, and and it's a, it, it's a massive endorsement about what the power that fans actually do have when they channel their energy as one into things that really matter. Um, and that is the fabric and what actually makes the game great rather than getting caught up in the minutiae and 
the whinging about stuff. When when everybody banded together and said this will not stand, it had a, it had an impact, and it was a beautiful thing to see. And and now where they're falling over themselves at the moment, uh, the Liverpools of the world and and Man City's to apologise to the fans who they have really aggrieved, and that that damage will last many many years. I think decades until some of this damage that's been done will will hopefully uh, ease away. But I would say this, that any sanctions on these clubs only hurts fans. That would be the thing I would warn on. It'll be sanctions to the, stop them playing in this and ban them from that. That actually hurts the fans, and, and it's the fans' voice and uh, that has been heard here. So it needs to hear them again when it comes to how you deal with those clubs. Getting back to what we were talking about, Jerry Waitley spoke today about off the back of people power and what it can achieve. Maybe that's something that Collingwood need to tap into themselves in terms of their new president. There is a democratic way to settle all this separate to power plays and boys clubs. Collingwood has near on 80,000 members and a more deeply engaged constituency you would struggle to find. And many of whom have proven in recent months to be engaged in, to understand the modern struggles and the modern problems facing the club. A properly constituted and encouraged election with presidential candidates asked to share their vision and priorities and to answer some of the critical questions that lie ahead of the club, for members to decide, that might actually help Collingwood discover what it wants to be. So maybe instead of an election being an anathema, an election is exactly what this club needs now. Let the members have their say. Listen to them. Let them choose the direction. I think it's a brilliant idea. I think... What the last sort of four months, ever since the trade period, has shown me and the events that we've seen leading up to even this week is that I've never before seen, and there's been people in this industry far longer than I, and you speak to them and they say, I've never seen a Collingwood supporter base more split down the middle than it is now. Of The ones who will never, who, who will just be staunch, who will never criticise the club no matter what, will just hot, stick fat in every sense of the word, and those now feeling disenfranchised about the way things are being done. Never have we seen that before like we see it now. And it comes through off the, the temper text. And that's not a criticism of who, wherever you sit on that side of the argument. That's just the reality that we see coming through every single day. So never would there be a time to try and regalvanise the army than getting them to decide on who's to lead them into the next phase uh, of their existence. It's a fascinating idea and a thought bubble that I wonder whether it reached its way uh, to, uh, to the, I don't know what the centre's called anymore. I've, I've lost track. I, I, I don't but <laughs> to Olympic Park anyway. Uh, Phil's in Bayswater. G'day, Phil. Phil, have you got me there? Now, just hold the line there, Phil, because this uh, this desk has decided to um, yeah give me a, a heap of grief. We've actually lost part of our our channel here uh, and lost part of our desk, and I uh, can't actually bring the phone line up. So. Uh, we will come back to you, Phil. We'll get uh, one of the texts to come down and uh, and get stuck into that. Phil, have I got you there? You there, Phil? No? Okay. That's all right. We'll come back to you. Phil, stay right there. We're going to jump into a break and we're going to come straight back on the other side and start getting your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the number. Uh, on Time On, your say on the news of the day. Kane Corns has given a view on about the use of mobile phones and whether coaches should be allowed to have them given the events of this week. Uh, we'll check in with Simon Goodwin, who spoke to press today about this massive clash 
it's the real testing stuff, isn't it? They finally get a, an opponent where we'll, we'll be able to discover how far Melbourne have come. So we'll get Simon Goodwin's take on that. Luke Beveridge has spoken today about the upcoming game against the fierce rivalry that is the Giants. This is Time On on SEN. You're listening to Time On with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Welcome back to Time On. Hey, don't forget, if you're heading to Carlton, Brisbane at Marvel Stadium this weekend, download the SEN app and hit SEN Stadium. It's play-by-play, no delay at Marvel Stadium. That's SEN Stadium on the SEN app. one 736 736 as we just take you through the things you might have missed today and your chance to have your say on the news of the day. Uh, Phil's in Bayswater. We think we've fixed the phone lines now. Have I got you there, Phil? Okay, Sam, how are you, mate? Uh, beautifully done. A big thanks to A-Rod, who just put on the cape and flew in and fixed it all. Uh, mate, uh, you wanted to talk about the pies and this um, presidential election that you have coming up. Well, not election. That's what Jerry Whateley thinks it should be. Um, how do you think that the next president should be decided? Well, I don't know how, who Nathan's briefing, mate, at the moment. No wonder we have issues. If he's doing a monthly brief, which is no- normal corporate structure, how's he briefing? Second point, if we need to change tack like we can't make the finals, then there's only one option for Collingwood, and you only get this chance every now and then in corporate life. It's a spill and fill. So you spill them all, and then you just vote them all in through the members. It's pretty simple because it can't get more broken. We haven't got anyone that can give us clear direction. Graham Wright can't do it as much as he, think he d- thinks he can. Mate, this is just a straight spill and fill. You, well, Graham Wright's on the board, so you're talking about the board positions. Is that right? Or, or you're talking every yeah, position the board of the whole... So, I'm saying, Graham Wright, if we need to change strategy, Graham Wright wouldn't have the right to, say, change the strategy. You've got to present something to a board to say, hey, we're going to go down the youth policy. So I just think you blow it up and you start again. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting notion, isn't it? Well, and this is the thing. If, if at the moment, and there's some reports saying that they can't actually agree on who it's going to be, uh, well, that's that's an issue in and of itself. Now, I'm no expert, and I've never sat on a board. Um, and if I ever found myself on one, I'd feel v- <laughs> and something's gone very wrong at that organisation. But uh, my understanding is limited of how these things work, but it would worry me if some of these reports are to be believed that there's, uh, there is a bit of a divide at the moment in, in the direction and, and, and who and how it should all happen. So uh, it'll be one of the most fascinating I suppose, watch this space items on the agenda, how they will pick this president, who it will be. There's certainly people in very, um, people of high regard that are saying that uh, that uh, Jeff Brown is the man that should come in and do that job. Peter Moore is just one of several who have said that uh, he should be the, the first choice. Um, from the reports that we're hearing that uh, with Peter Murphy and, and, uh, and, uh, and Corder, they actually can't figure out who it should be out of both of those guys. So that's why I think Jared was uh, coming up with the idea today that maybe put the power back with the people. And off the text, 0433981116. Sam, it's a ridiculous idea. A vote by spectators would turn into a popularity contest. Uh, it's the Holden Centre. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, Sam, the supplement scandal split Essendon right down the middle too. That's from Joel. Thank you, Joel. Uh, 0433 98 11 16, 736 736. So Pies fans, have your say. If you're disenfranchised with how the club's been handling events of recent times or if you are a very much uh, side-by-side, we stick together, you stick fat and you've got no criticism or nothing uh, 
at all negative to say about the way that the club's doing things. I want to hear from all of you. I want to hear how you think that the next president should be decided. Members should get a vote. I mean, you, the, the club are essentially vessels that the members prop up financially along with the sponsors. Member, they, you know, they don't own them, but they certainly are vital to the club's survival. Uh, Muhammad is called from West Footscray. Hello, Muhammad. Muhammad, come on in. Yeah, how you, oh, can I talk? Yes, absolutely. That's what we're here for. You're on air. Oh, sorry, Matt. I thought I was on hold. How are you? Very well, thanks. Yeah, just driving back from, from home from work, back in coat. Uh, just quickly, um, James Clement, President, hear me out. James Clement, President. Graham Wright, GM. Craig Kelly's the, the manager for the coaches, like Nathan Buckley. He should bring Mick McGuan as a coach and Shane Morwood. Bring the old firm back. Mick McGon's got the best football brain ever. You can't go wrong there. Uh, n- not arguing that Mick McGon doesn't have a great football mind, but would you would you think when it looks like the club are trying to step into a new era and a new way of doing things that the best way to do that is bring back the old the old firm as as you say? Mate, black and white. They bleed black and white. You can't go wrong. How can you? Can I ask you a question? How can, don't get me wrong, Robert Harvey's a great footballer at all. How can Robert Harvey be a senior assistant for 10 years, whatever, and he hasn't coached his own team? I don't understand. Oh, Muhammad, the, the, there's there's a lot of very very good assistant coaches that haven't got the opportunity to coach a senior team. There's there's 18 teams, so at any there's only 18 senior coaching jobs, and at any year there might be one, maybe two that that come up. There's a long list of assistant coaches who are incredibly well regarded and thought of in the highest possible terms that have never got a senior coaching gig. That's that's not a slight. I mean, that, that doesn't say that show that Robert Harvey's not good enough to coach a senior team. It's just that he might not have been the right fit for a side that he's interviewed for uh, at this stage. I, I wouldn't read anything into that at all. The jobs come up um, infrequently, and they're certainly not all up for grabs at the one time. So uh, I would dispute that uh, line of thought. Scott's in Perth. G'day, Scott. Again, um, I'm a Docker supporter and member for 25 years. And the thing is, what Fremantle has done over here is they've done a clean-out. Peter Bell's come in, Simon Garlic, Dale Alcock. They've gone after Justin Longmuir. And our club is being turned around culturally as well. And the way that we're playing and the way that you can feel the, the players are embracing the way he, he wants the culture to be is magnificent. So where, where do you think it started from? So are you talking with, with what Peter Bell's done since he got there? Yeah, Peter Bell's got in. He hasn't publicised what he's been doing, but behind the scenes, he went, he got rid of Ross Lyon because he, we weren't going anywhere. Then Dale Orcott was on the board, and he's a diehard docker. So they went after, uh, got rid of um, Rossage because he didn't want to do much. And they just um, loved the club so much that they wanted to go ahead. And that's Peter Bell's right behind it. Yeah, it's it's the second person, Scott, that's brought up the, the people that, that bleed for the club and love the club. I don't think there's anyone there that doesn't love the club. I, I would think that anybody who's on, in a board position um, especially would, would love the club. I think everybody that's there at Collingwood now and anyone that's on any board does so because they absolutely love their club and they want to serve it in the best way that they can 
uh, in the best way that they feel and in what they think is is in the best interest of the club. So I, with the caller before that said, bring back this guy, that guy, they all bleed black and white, I, 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 I wouldn't disrespect the people that are there now enough to say that they don't feel that as well, that they don't bleed black and white or whatever the colour is on any board that they're on. So uh, I hear what you're saying, uh, though, and I thank you for the call. Brett's on the road. G'day, Brett. G'day, how you going? Really well, thanks. That's the way. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can't agree with bringing back the old firm. I don't think we've really, when you look back, uh, historically we've never done well when we've had our own uh, either coaching or, or on the board. Um, I, I, I think it's a no-brainer to go with Jeff Brown. I mean, his experience in business uh, and in yeah, in the AFL circle already, I think you know, I just think it's a no-brainer. Um, as for coach, uh, I don't know. I, I think that's the hard, that that's the biggest problem Collingwood's got at the moment. I mean, I don't I personally, I don't I I don't think there's anything wrong with Nathan Buckley. He hasn't. Really, I mean, he, I've always thought you know if you're a far if you're a beef if you farm beef cows, you, you can't you can't do it if you've got sheep in the paddock. Um, I just think you know, Nathan just hasn't got the players that he needs to play the game style that he plays. Um, uh, as for going back, you know, it's a uh, two guys like Mick McGuire. I mean, Mick probably would have been a great coach 10, 15 years ago. Um, Shane Morwood has had a good record in local football, but as I said. Uh, Every time we've gone back to players or ex-players from our own club, we've failed. It's just I think we just need something new, and I think Jeff Brown would would bring that. I mean, he's like as long as it's it's you know, the, the only thing I worry about with him is the fact that he he's good mates with Eddie Maguire. I mean, I've got nothing wrong with Eddie, other than a few silly comments that he made. He'd done a fantastic job for Collingwood, and it'd be great to still have him there, but. Obviously, with with what he said in in regards to racism, uh, with Adam Goods, um, that sort of thing, you know, I just I don't want Jeff Brown to come in and, and be a, be an Eddie puppet, which I don't think he would be. Oh no, that that would oh. be no. He, he's very, uh, and I, I don't think whoever, and, and I don't think there would be such a thing. I, I think that the football clubs are big enough now that that, that would never ever happen. That 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 a puppet regime would, would come into play, and Eddie, I don't think Eddie would want that either. No, of um, but and Jeff Brown, very, very uh, accomplished. Uh, in in you look at his resume and his track record, uh, yeah, Jeff Brown's uh, no no crony, and he's certainly nobody's um, nobody's puppet. Uh, that's for sure. He would absolutely run no, his right. own race, and and there are many, many. I mean, the, the, there are so many good things, Brett. And I, I thank you so much for your call. There are so many good things that, that the Collingwood Footy Club are, are doing uh, in the community outreach space, and um, you know, really. They're pioneering in in a lot of different areas. Uh, obviously, what we're paying a lot of attention to at the moment is, uh, from a footballing point of view and from a governance point of view and um, culture and things like that that come up. But uh, there's certainly tremendous things and, and work that have been done in so many different ways uh, at that footy club. Uh, Brad's in Point Cook. G'day, Brad. G'day, mate. How are you going tonight? Uh, very well, thanks. And you? That's right. Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Long-term Collingwood member. I like the idea. Yeah, give the members a bit of a vote, a bit of a say. But, mate, Jeff Brown, do it. Get him in. And then pull heaven and high earth. Do whatever you've got to do and get Alistair Clarkson across. Uh, move a few of the older blokes on. Start that list again. And, and get... Mate, it's fair to say that um, 
that there's a lot of guys that the playing group that aren't happy with what went on over over the trade period. We all know that. Uh, doesn't matter what gets said. We all know what what you know. We're not silly. But yeah, get him in, get new blood in, do whatever you possibly can to get class. And if you can't, I'd be knocking on Choco Williams's door, who loves kids and he's good at bringing people together. Look what he did to Dustin Martin over the last five or six years, and get that club back to where it needs to be, mate. That's up. Not necessarily the top of the ladder, but definitely having the right things said about it where it needs to be. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you put a lot of thought into it, Brad, and I thank you for the call as, as we head to the break. it's I suppose that'll be the thing, won't it? It'll, it'll be about once the new president's elected, where are we at and, and who do we need to appoint for those times? So if it is we're on a full rebuild, then they would absolutely look at, well, okay, then if we're on a full rebuild, then is Nathan Buckley our man? to take us through that rebuild or do we need to go in a different direction there? And is he just one of several pieces that needs to be looked at? It seemed to me that Collingwood in 2018, when they were at their best, it was very much Buckley overseeing and then the fantastic assistant coaches in the right places. You know, Justin Longmuir was so highly regarded. I mean, it's probably what got him the Fremantle gig and he was a massive loss to that side. And, and each person that ran their particular department did so with autonomy from what it looks like from the outside looking in. And uh, it really worked well. Um, so where are they at? The decisions they'll make off the back of that will be crucial. And then it'll be guided by exactly what they're trying to achieve in the next phase of this Collingwood football club. It certainly has, it certainly has the look of a new era about it, doesn't it? And whether that's across the board or in just certain parts, but it certainly looks like they're stepping in to a new phase in their direction. Uh, 1-300-736-736. Jim, Sam, Max, stay right there. We'll come back to you on the other side of this. Time on. Welcome back to Time On, 1-300-736-736. Of course, looking forward to this round getting off Friday night. Western Bulldogs and Giants. Uh, Luke Beveridge, the coach, spoke about the, what is normally a very physical encounter and whether or not he expects that Marcus Bontempelli will be at the forefront of that physicality. Will he be targeted by the Giants again? I think with the, with the depth of our group and, and what they've been doing, um, I'm sure that uh, GWS will spread the, uh, the physical love um, further than, uh, than Marcus. Yeah, that would seem to ring true. Although, given they're a much younger side, this GWS side, I'm not sure if Leon Cameron will deploy them like that. I just think he might say, let's just focus on playing footy. Uh, and it, I mean, I can't wait to see how it does play out. Um, I think Dylan Buckley has said in his podcast this week that it's probably the most fiercely physical rivalry that there is in footy at the moment. Hard to argue with that. I'm going to be speaking to Tom Boyd, um, retired 2019 May uh, of course, one of the heroes of the Dogs' 2016 Premiership, former Giant, picked number one in the 2013 draft and uh, obviously bravely left football to focus on him and his well-being. And we're going to check in and see how he's going almost two years after making that decision. We'll talk to him about this rivalry between the Giants uh, and the Dogs and get his take on what instigated it. Bob Murphy today saying that it was one of the Giants players way back when saying, you're the worst club in AFL history. Um, that's uh, egregious slight. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Have your say on the news of the day. Time on. Uh, Jim's in sunshine. Jim, hello to you. Yeah. Good afternoon. Um, one thing we all need to acknowledge is no one bleeds black and white more than Nathan Buckley. That's the first thing I'd say. I think it's time now that we um, keep. If we decide to keep Nathan Buckley as a coach, we can coach. We look at his assistants and Ridey. The challenge for Graham Ridey is to go out and find the right people 
to assist Nathan. At the moment, I think Nathan's a little bit comfortable with his assistants and everyone else because, you know, you need to pick your own so they don't eat you, so as to speak. If we decide to go with Nathan, then let's go and recruit the best. Look, we've lost Brad Scott, who was an assistant. We've also lost Longmuir. We've lost Boydie, who's gone to Perth. So we've pilfered out great minds that can assist yeah. and do, the best Jim, in those I, positions. Jim, I would point out that that happens to, to good clubs. Look at Hawthorne. I think a lot of the coaches coaching right now, I think there's about four of them that have all gone under Alistair Clarkson, maybe even five off the top of my head. So that's happened. That's a, take that as a compliment. Don't take that as an insult or a, or a theft. Take that as a compliment that they were the good people who had got a good uh, grounding and they were sought after, which is only a compliment to the footy club. Can I ask you this, though? You talk about bleeding black and white. Is that a prerequisite anymore? Does that, does that need to be something that, that gives you the big tick in, if you're the right person to coach Collingwood. I mean, Alistair Clarkson wasn't a Hawthorne person and Hawthorne have now, you know, they, they had that dominant era. They won four premierships under Clarkson. Um, Damien Hardwick wasn't a Tigers man, but he implemented the term Tigers man. And now they've won uh, three out of the last four premierships. Chris Scott, you know, Mark Thompson wasn't a, a Geelong man. I'm just looking back, you know, Lee Matthews was a hawk and a pie and then he went up to Brisbane. Is it a pre, does it matter anymore if someone's not a Collingwood man to coach the pies? First thing I said early on was, if we decide that we want to keep someone who bleeds black and white, then Nathan Buckley is there to give him the tools. If we go outside, then we recruit and give that person all the ability to to come in and coach. You know, passions amongst all supporters, not only Collingwood. Look, we we stuffed up and we know that. And, you know, Jeff Walsh is no longer there. Those those who stuffed up with the salary cap... um, Fortunately or unfortunately, we got in the grand final. They got seduced by that idea and offered um, ordinary players extra contracts and that. And unfortunately, when push came to shove, really good players we lost, you know, in, in Stevenson and Trelaw and um, R2 and Phillips, you know. Mm. They didn't need to go. But then again, we'll learn from it. We've got to pick ourselves up and your best teacher is your last yeah, mistake. Absolutely. But what I'm saying, if we go, for the, we go for the best coach, we put somebody in there, and when we decide, the supporters will stick thick, you know, whatever decision we entrust the club. But I'm saying that if we continue with Bucks, then what we need to do is need to make him a little bit uncomfortable by putting the best people in there to assist him to get there. You know, with due respect to the people we've had there, we've had them for a long while, and we just become comfortable. If we're going to make a sweep, we yep. make a sweep. Uh, Jim, Everybody. I, I appreciate the call, and I, and I must have misheard you at the start there, and I apologise uh, for that, but thank you for correcting me on that. I, I didn't hear when you said if uh, we were going to stick, no, but I appreciate it. You put a lot of thought into it, and I love your passion f- for the pies. Uh, Sam's in Ainsbury. G'day, Sam. G'day, Sam. How you going, mate? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Oh, what a great time to be alive, isn't it, eh? Calling with a Raleigh in fighting, Carter in fighting, You've just fallen off a cliff too, Sam, by the sounds of it. I hope you haven't, but I can barely hear you, my friend. Maybe uh, just put the phone back up to your ear. We'll come back to you. It sounds like you were looking just to dish out uh, a few burns to some of the Victorian-based clubs. Max Max is in Dandenong. G'day, Max. Uh, G'day, mate. Um, Is it Nathan Buckley's last year is like his contract? Is it this year? Is his last year? Yeah, he's out of contract at the end of this year. Dwayne Russell says today, though, that uh, the way that he's sort of reading the tea leaves and... Just uh, what he's sort of seeing blowing in the wind. He thinks that Bucks will get re-signed. 
Uh, I'm not okay. as convinced, but that's I don't base that well, on a whole lot, except what, what I sort of look when I look at the way things are changing, but uh, who knows? Well, regardless of what's happening at board level, and I'm not a Collingwood supporter, but for me, it, it starts with on the field. So it's up to the players now. Now, they can either, you know, put their, bring their big effort, A for effort in, and play their guts out for the rest of the year, regardless of where the side finishes, and show their supporters that, you know, they're playing for the coach and they're going to they're gonna put their all in. Or, with all this talk that's happening at board level, you know, if they're going to start to worry about that, then, you know, they might become disillusioned and, and you'll get poor performances. So I reckon, regardless of what's happening at board level and the fact that Eddie's gone and everything else, um, forget the mistakes in the past. That I'd, I'd be wanting Collingwood to, um, to give it their all for the remainder of the year and beyond. And, you know, show their supporters that it starts on the field and let the board do what they have to do and, you know, if mm. Buckley goes, that's fine. Max, but I... it starts this week. Yep, no, absolutely. And I'm sure the players will always give their all uh, no matter what. But uh, as you say, it's nothing like a win to just keep the Wolves at bay, isn't it? it you can change the whole narrative from week to week with... Just a win. So uh, for, for the Collingwood fans that are feeling like everybody's ganging up on them at the moment and uh, leave us all alone, uh, and I hear that, I feel that, I'm not uh, dismissive of that, get a win uh, and it, you get a week off. Uh, absolutely. Joe's in Box Hill. Before we get to Joe, just to change speed a little bit, Matt Rendell, uh, who spent some time at Collingwood and, uh, and and a lot of clubs in his 40 years at Clubland, he uh, has addressed some of the criticisms being lay, being aimed at Carlton for their recruiting being uh, maybe at the crux of their issues at the moment. And this is what he had to say. There is a lot of players capable of playing AFL footy if they find the right environment, the coach loves them, plays them, gives them a chance. So I, I wrote down to hear about, you know, Sos copped a bit of flack from uh, his drafting and trading and all that sort of stuff during the week. And they were right with where those players are now. But I've gone, they were better players than that in the draft. I mean, I always go, anything I'm talking about with players, I go off their best. If I've, if I've seen them play fantastic, I go, okay, I know they can do that. That's their best. So I want to know why they're not at their best. And there's obviously a multitude of reasons for that. So I would be asking not so much about the players, but internally what's going on there. I don't know anything about David Teague. I don't know much about his assistants and what they're doing. Uh, there, but is the first thing you you got to do when you get all these good players in, which they good players, is get your culture right. So it was, it was a really good insight for a guy that stock and trade is stock and trade. It is recruiting. Matt Rendell knows these players. So if you go back and have a look at the players that Carlton drafted at the picks they drafted them at, and then go back and have a read of what Mike Sheen, Cal Toomey, these people said about them in the draft. You know, Sam Petrovsky seat and Cal Toomey said after he was taken at pick five, he said, might very well be the best player in that draft. Because that's what he was at the time. He was playing senior footy in the waffle at 17. So if you go back and have a look at the players that they picked, you know, even Paddy Dow. So Rayner goes at one. Frio actually shocked people by taking... I mean, that wasn't expected. If you go back and have a look at that, a lot of people thought that Paddy Dow and Rayner were duking it out for pick one. Fremantle put it through a spanner in the works. They took 
Brayshaw, and then Carlton took Paddy Dow. So even, and you go back through a few of those and, and go back and look who got taken after them and then go back and have a look at what was said about those draft picks by draft experts. You'll find that a lot of the picks were actually the right pick for that pick at the time. So there's something that's gone wrong in, in the development or has stalled in the development or maybe they're just late bloomers in those developments and maybe a lot of it is those kids being not played in the positions that they were recruited to play in. But it was fascinating insight from Matt Rendell nonetheless. Hey, on the other side of this, Lucas, Joe, uh, Harry, stay right there. We'll come and get your calls. This is time on your, your say on the news of the day. SEN. Joe's in Box Hill, who's been waiting patiently to get on. Hello, Joe. Uh, good day, Sam. Um, I just want to make a few comments as an outsider looking in. Um, Collingwood's biggest fault is um, they're too forgiving of their own and they always overrate their own. Like you've heard some of your previous callers saying, oh, we want someone who bleeds black and white, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's their biggest problem. And Maguire started the rot. He didn't learn through history and he should have known because he got an outside coach and an outside coach won him a flag. They've only won two premierships in 62 years and they were, they were coached by outside coaches, non-Collingwood players. Um, and he started, he was right to get rid of Malthouse because Malthouse's time was up. Um, but then to, to, um, you know, pull out all stops to keep a favorite, favourite son at the club, i.e. Buckley, <clears throat> was a huge mistake. Um, Buckley can't coach. He's an automaton, just like he played. He's not a good man manager, and he proved it with the Trelaw incident when he, what appears now, he lied to Trelaw about um, Trelaw's teammates saying they wanted him out. Most of them have come out and said they never said that. So he just can't coach. So anyone who's, co- who's played one or more games with the Collingwood Football Club should not be allowed anywhere near the coaching department. Oh, it's uh, it's strong stuff from Joe. That's a long run that you've come off. I think Dennis early Dennis Lilly, phase one Lilly would have been uh, impressed with that. Some uh, brutal uh, and hard stuff there from Joe, but I appreciate you waiting on to, to make your points. Um, I don't think that Nathan Buckley can't coach. Uh, I would think that he would bring a lot to the table. And as I said, it seemed to me that it worked best in that 2018 year. And from what I understand, it was very much um, that the line coaches and the people that ran their departments had a fair bit of autonomy and Bucks oversaw it and everybody knew what they were supposed to do. And um, that was when it was sort of humming along at its very best. Um, It's interesting, isn't it, about the, do you bring back former club greats as coaches? It was the norm through many an era of VFL, AFL, and we've seen it not quite have the same success in the professional era, have we? Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for Michael Voss. He's now actually, by his own admission, a better coach uh, as an assistant at Port Adelaide than he probably was uh, at Brisbane. It didn't quite work out. And we know there's extenuating circumstance. I'm not trying to um, poke the bear with Essendon fans, but it didn't work out with James Hurd. History will judge whether it's worked out with Nathan Buckley, who was oh so close, wasn't he? A kick away from it working uh, and to getting a premiership. So it's interesting, isn't it, about how it used to be the rite of passage for your best players to become your coach, but it doesn't quite and hasn't really worked in the professional, the modern era of AFL footy. Uh, Lucas is in Essendon. G'day, Lucas. G'day, mate. How you going? I'm good. What have you got for me? Um, I've just got to, I want to throw a couple of points up to you, and I just want to, you to hear me out. My first thing is, 
whether you like Bucks or not, on one hand, I do feel sorry for him because I don't think he has to front all these questions, which I'll get on to my second point. And the second thing is, look at his assistant coaches. His best mate, Sanderson, is his right-hand man. Mate, our forward line's that bad, that structure. We haven't had for two years. Matthew Lloyd and Buddy Franklin in their prime wouldn't kick a goal or kick a score in our forward line at the moment. That's him. Our midfield coach, let me ask you this. Have, did you watch the round four game against Brisbane at Etihad Stadium? Yep. Did you see that game? Okay, did you see the 2019 prelim final against GWS at the MCG? Yep. Do you remember that? Okay, tell me the difference you saw. I didn't see any difference. Grundy's at 80-odd hit out. And, the, mate, how do we still break even in the clearances and they still beat us in the clearances? The same issues, the same assistant coaches, there's that. There's my first point. The second point I want to make is we're talking about Collingwood here, the biggest club in the land. We're not talking about a local a VFL side or uh, even a, a small smaller side. We're talking about Collingwood. When he's somebody at that club who's paid to make decisions, big money, by, might I add, he's going to appoint a president. Because the, the club's sinking, mate. They lose to Essendon this week, which I think, and by the way, I bleed black and white, I think we will lose this week. Tell me who's going to front the questions next week. Because whether you like it or not, mate, Bucks shouldn't be fronting all this media, in my opinion, anyway. When are they going to appoint a president? And just last thing I'll say... They can't even... So they haven't appointed a president. How can you decide, A, if your coach is the right man to take you down this path, and B, what path you've got to go down? There's no direction, nothing at this club at the moment. It's a shambles, and I'm sick of it. Lucas, I, I admire and, and, I, and I hear the passion, mate, and I thank you for, for ringing up. And you, you, you bring up some really valid points about do you, how do you learn from the mistakes of the past. And, and that is the frustration, isn't it, about fans? When you, you follow, your, as a fan, when we follow our club and you follow your club week in, week out, and you can see things and you think, that is as clear as the nose on my face. Why aren't we doing something about it? Um, yeah, it, it's just the pleasure and the pain, isn't it, of, of loving your club. Uh, and I appreciate your love and yours. Uh, Harry's in Lara. G'day, Harry. How you going, buddy? I'll just be about a minute. But first of all, with the Collingwood West Coast Grand Final, West Coast dominated the last 20 minutes. They should have won by four goals, but that's another issue. Now, let's look at this in a really logical, easy way. Buckley's 10th year at the club. There's been ladder regression in seven of those nine years. The only year where we actually improved our ladder position was 2018 likely to be another ladder regression year this year. So that's probably eight out of 10 years. Let me tell you, if you if I was employed by you and eight out of the 10 years I wasn't performing, would you keep me in the job? Um, if you put it like that, there's probably going to be more things to that. And I'd want to know about external circumstances and market uh, fluctuations. And now I'm just waffling. That, that means rubbish, no, no, mate. Look, no, I know. I know. I'm being facetious. No, Harry, it's a great point you make. And, and the obvious answer is no. Thank you. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, Larry. Mate. I appreciate it, mate. Uh, Daniel's in Elwood to finish us off. You want to talk Carlton? I've got about 30 seconds left, Daniel, but go for it. Mate, we're talking development, Matty Rendell's comments. I think just as, uh, as as a point of view on the Carlton coaching staff, I just ask how many of them have been in successful cultures. I mean, they don't seem hard-nosed, a lot of these blokes. How many of them have won flags? How many of, of, of them have done, I guess, the hard stuff on field? You know, been the aggressors like the Hardwicks or, you know, just, just been brutal and had that ruthlessness. And I think that that's part of the issue with the development, mate. No, and... I've just let, let me let me put you on hold just there, Daniel. We'll come back in Sporting Capital and we'll we'll go through that um, and, and pay it a bit more time. We've just got to hit this ad break and we'll come back on the other side of this. 
G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.